This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Let's do the announcements. We don't need that online. Yeah, okay. Uh, Rabbi Olavsky's here. Oh, woo! Okay. Rabbi Olavsky will be here February 27th. What day of the week is that? Sunday. Sunday the 27th. You, want, you don't want to miss that. He's very interesting, that's for sure. Just say over a while later. Okay. Um, intro to Mentoring Part 2, February 22nd. March is the actual program. Please sign up in the back for the mentoring program. That's, that's Rabbi Max? Yes. With Rabbi Max. Sababa. February 19th? This month's Oh, you want me to announce that too? Yes, this month's Shabbos. Come dance, dance, dance. <laughs> uh, at 9.30, Sababa will be here. Uh, we bring them in here. It costs us money. We want you to come enjoy yourself. We do it for you. So come and enjoy nice Jewish Music. When, when? This month. This month's Shabbos. Shabbos. What does that mean? Saturday night. Oh, DJ Sabah. DJ Sabah at 8, what, what time? 8.30. 30. 9.30. 9.30. 9.30. 9.30. Mitzvah Shabbos. Good, good, good. Okay, uh, we up yet? Yeah, we're up. We're up. Okay, without, no, I'm not, she's time. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to our poet, Nechama. No. I know who you are. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Sending love your way. Everything good to this audience because you deserve the best and you deserve to be close to Hashem. And I wish you everything from my heart. Amen. A holy relationship in my solitude. I sought him. And through the night, he sent his stars to guide me. I was like a lost and frightened child. He cradled me, helping me to rock myself like a motherless baby, helping me to accept the portrait in the mirror. And by and by, I trusted in Hashem, and by and by... I followed him. Wow. Getting holier and holier, Nakama. You really are getting holier and holier. When you read the names, could you say that it's like... What? When you read the names, could you say that it's like... No problem. When's his yard set? On the Shabbos. So he was lifted on Moshe Abbeinu's birthday. No. Shabbos is... That's Shabbos. No, this Shabbos, this coming Shabbos. This Shabbos is Zion. What are you talking about? Sha- oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Shushan Purim is a Shabbos. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, I know, I know. So it's a good I don't know what is anymore. Everything is good. Whatever Hashem does is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's Hashem. All good Simonim. They're on? Okay. Abhi Vic, can you check um, Torah any um, Kalashim? Make sure that Kalashim is working, please. Okay, um, a couple of announcements before we start. First of all, the Mirza Hashem, I hope to remember to do this. The last story that I'm going to read tonight in Mirza Hashem. Because it fits in with my whole shear, to end tonight's shear was written by a little girl named Chana Deitch. Now, this little girl, Chana Deitch, lives in Kew Gardens, goes to a very wonderful school called Benos Malka Academy. She's in the third grade. So, it's the first time in all the shearim I'm giving for the last seven years that I've actually, re- I usually read stories from much older kids, that I'm actually reading a letter that Hannah Deitch wrote to Hashem. And it moved me so much that I feel that every person who's going to listen to this year has to hear this year. She is a third grader. She's in uh, Mori Yosef Hannah Friedman's class who's sitting here tonight. And um, I had the honor of making a couple of siyumim in her class last year. And uh, 
They were amazing. The popcorn was out of here. And the ice cream. And these little girls are, are, are absolutely amazing. And Mitzvah Hashem, I want to thank her because she's watching right now, but she has to go to sleep because it's past her bedtime. Um, I want to thank her for this beautiful letter. And the Mitzvah Hashem, this is going to be the, clo- the, the, the closure for the night. Mitzvah Hashem. Okay, I want to thank everyone who's... Not there yet. I want to thank everyone who's watching tonight's Share Live. I can't always go through all the different places. Muncie is upset. I don't mention them. They sent me Mrs. Rubin, their best representative. Why are they upset? She's sitting right there. Why are they upset? Muncie, Muncie and Lakewood and the Five Towns and Queens and Brooklyn and Kansas and L.A. and Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Montreal, Toronto, Australia. Can't forget that Manchester. Uh, England, Leeds, England, um, London proper, and uh, who else sent me that they're listening? Gateshead. Um, what? I said, yeah, I got them. I think I got them all. Kansas, right? L.A. Okay. Baruch Hashem. You want to get a shit tonight? I can't mention them all. Okay. Pesach, I did not say. Uh oh. Thank you, Pesach. Thank you, Pesach. Okay. Um, so for Shalema for Liza Chaya, Basar Freida, Elokim Aaron Ben Malcolm, Moshe Ben Ben Sheva Esther, Avraham Yishai Ben Aviva, Meir Ben Jamie, Chamachab Bela Bas Chaya, Avraham Moshe Mordechai Ben Sarah Bela, Binyamin Ben Chala, Shalom Ashi Yishai Ben Shifra, Tzvi Rafal Ben Leah, Shmuel Ben Esther, Moshe Liza Ben Miriam. You should know I don't throw out these names. Ruth is a witness that I don't throw out these names. I put them in here. And they're in here. David Tivya Bas Sora, Bella Bas Malka, Ditsa Bas Edel, Rafal Bas Gitlachayim, Menachem Bas Rachel, Chanabasha Bas Sora Nessel, Nechama David Bas Sora Nessel, Shimi Ben Sora, Bas Sora, sorry, Chanabas Sora, Ilana Bela Bas Nechama, Rina, Moshe Ben Miriam's yard site is on Shabbos, Chushan Purim Katan. It's his 52nd yard site. It's Miriam Gabai's father, Allah Shalom. And he will happen to have died on a in an Adar Shani. No, in Adar Oh, in But there was an Adar Shani that year. Yeah, because he died in Leviathan. Right. Okay. So it's Mama Shirelia. That's right. Okay. Um, we're also learning Lili Nishmas, Mordechai, Nisanel, Ben, Yaakov. Nishmat Uvari Ben Mazal? Yehuda Ari? Yehuda Ari Ben Mazal. Fushleim for Nechama Basara, Mayaleya Bashmuel, Bat, doesn't say what. Shmuel Ben Esther, Uriel Ben Bluria, Boris Ben Mira, Ifadara Bas Bluria, Boha Ben Bluria. And everybody else who needs to Fushleim, Chana Bas, Ayela, Ayela Bas Shendo, Ben Siam Ben Shendo, Rivka Bas Rachaleya, Malihudas Bas Chaya, Sara. Baruch what? Baruch Menachem Ben. The Varalea. Who? So what'd you give me? Your mother's name? Moshe ben Naftali Dov. Moshe ben Naftali Nishmas on his yard site, which is coming up to the Shabbos. Okay. Do you have a name? Before Shalema for Masha Bas Simi. Yes. When did you say the... The music is Saturday. 9.30. 9.30. Right, 9.30. Uh, what time is the music? What's the Shabbos? 9.30. You sure? Yeah, why? Okay, 9.30. 9.30 is good? 9.30 is very good. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. So, um, tonight's subject matter. So tonight... We're going to talk about a subject that has been bothering me for a very long time. And I've been trying to figure it out for a very long time. And Baruch Hashem, preparing this week's share, um, I think I got my answer. Now, not everyone's going to agree with my answer. And I have to preface what I'm about to say. Um, that nobody should be insulted. I'm not trying to insult anybody. And, um, okay, while I'm explaining it to you, I will... Um, explain it to you because some people, the last time I spoke about this, got very offended. 
So the question is like this. We live in a generation where the greatest diagnosed mental sickness, I don't know if we'll call it a mental sickness, but I guess it's, that's what it's characterized as, in the world, not in the Jewish world, but in the whole world, including the United States, is depression. Everybody goes through depression. The most diagnosed is depression. The most prescribed medicine is not antibiotics, but is Prozac, which is an anti-depression medicine. My question that's been bothering me, and I am very, very involved, even though I do not have any letters at the end of my name. Some people have asked me, um, Rabbi Wallstein, what are your credentials? I said, well, I'm not an RN, and I'm not an LC or LSW or MSW. I happen to be a ZSW, Zachary Shimon Wallstein is my name. <laughs> Just happens to be my initials. I said, the only letters at the end of my name is Hakayin. Hakohen, I'm a Cohen. So on my talus bag it says, Zachariah Shimon Wallerstein Hakohen. Now that's a crazy big credential. Maybe not in the psychological world, but in the Jewish psychological world where Aaron Hakohen was the Ohev Shalom, the Reidev Shalom. His life was given over to bring peace to people and couples. It's the Kohanim where the Rabbeim, the teachers, they owned no land. They had no money. That part is pretty true. Um, but their whole day, when they, they were only in the base of Hamikdash two weeks out of a year. That's the only time that they did a vote because there were a lot of Kohanim. So the rest of the year, what did they do? They taught Kleistral. They taught. They were teachers. So I deal a lot with children and adults and people that are going through depression. And my question in my mind was, why more now than when I was growing up? The guys in my class were not depressed. Just the opposite. They were jumping out of the windows. But I don't mean out of the windows in that way. I mean that in class, we just wanted to go outside and play ball and have a good time. Um, there were no therapists. I actually went to the first therapist in Yeshiva Spring Valley 45 years ago, a speech therapist, because I had a terrible lisp. And that was a very big thing. It was the first time us children ever saw or heard the word therapy. And nobody went because it didn't exist. Nobody was on any ADD or ADHD medication or any antidepressant medication. Now, that's a question that has to be asked. I know that everyone wants to, you know, shove it underneath the, the carpet, but why? Let's face this. Why my generation, the generation before me, and the generation before me went through the Holocaust, I, Baruch Hashem, did not go through the Holocaust, who had a very good reason to be depressed, how come, I'm not talking about Jews now, the whole world. So, people will answer you and tell you, because nobody talked about it. They hid it. Let me tell you, there were 26 guys in my class. Nobody was hiding depression. These guys were not depressed. So, the question that I ask the therapy world is, what happened? Why are people depressed? And people are depressed. Not Jews, Goyim, every young, old, kids. They sit around, they're moping, they're depressed. Life sucks, life's miserable, I hate it. Ugh, I'm, I don't know what to do with myself. When today, if you're hungry, you go to Kosher Delight and you got your food right away. If you're cold, you turn on the heat. If you're hot, you turn on the air conditioning. So, Everything that a person needs, you have much more than I had. 
We had, we wanted to hear a record. We wanted to hear music. We wanted to hear a song. So we had a vinyl where you had to put the needle on it. And then the needle got dust and you had to change the needle. And the whole vinyl on one side was 25 minutes. You had to get up out of your seat, take the needle off, flip the vinyl, put the needle back on, and listen to another 25 minutes. One record at a time. And you had to get up to hear that record. Today, on an iPod, you can store, depending, like the boys told me last night, how many gigabytes or megabytes or something's biting. I don't know exactly what's biting. There's a couple of bytes in there. You can store 60,000 plus songs. And then someone said, no, Rabbi Wallerstein, much more. Which means that this generation that's depressed can listen to 60,000 different songs, especially if they have an eye touch, by the touch of a finger. And they don't got to get up to change it. Now, that's amazing. Then they came up with a big thing. I remember we all ran to the store. They came up with these cassette tapes. And that was like a major leak of the cassette tape. You could go backwards and go into the middle of the song. And a vinyl, you can't do that. So we were, it was amazing. And we were all excited and had these TDKs, 120 minutes. 120 minutes never worked. It was too much tape and it always got stuck. The ones that used to work were the 60 minutes or the 30 minutes. And then you had to, after 30 minutes, you had to flip the tape. You won't even understand what that means. You had to flip the tape, pull it out, flip it, turn on the other side, A, B, right on, on your one song or two songs or two records that you have on the tape. It was a pain in the neck. Today, it's nothing. You plug your iPod into your car, into your house, into its speakers, into anything that you want. So, so you have a reason to be much happier than we do. You can listen to much more music than I could. People, and I'm not talking about Jews again, I'm talking about the world. People watch TV, right? We had 11 channels, not even. And you had to get up, if you wanted to watch television, to get up, it was black and white. Black and white. You had to get up and you had to change the channels. And then you sat down and they put an advertisement on, you got up and you changed the channels. People were much skinnier in those days. They got up, they sat down, they got up, they sat down. It was a lot of work. You had 12 channels. Today, I'm talking about Goyim again. They have satellites with 700 channels. They can watch old movies, new movies, movies they didn't make yet. You can make your own movie. You can do whatever you want to do. Everybody in the world is depressed. You have to go to a movie theater to watch a movie or drive in. Today, the Goyim, they don't need it. They have it on their phones. Any movie that they want to watch, they can download on their phones. Netflix, Netflix, whatever they want. So why are all the guys in the world depressed? They got music, movies, they got whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, at the touch, just of a touch of a finger. And they're all depressed. So one kid said to me, yeah, Rebbe, it's too easy, that's why they're depressed. Too easy doesn't cause depression. It might cause boredom and not the building of your brain muscles or your physical muscles. So being that I'm in Chinuch for 32 years and I'm watching it get worse and worse and worse and worse as I'm teaching. 20 years ago it wasn't that bad and today it's very, very bad. It bothers me what's going on from a Jewish point of view, from a Hashem point of view, from, from our look, not the therapeutic look, not the stuff that you learn in college, but from the Torah look. What's the Torah look? Why, why according to the Torah, are we all depressed? And I found it this week. Pashish Kisisa. So, in Pashish Kisisa, a terrible thing happened. The, the Luchos were broken, right? Everybody knows the story. The Luchos were broken. And as the way we learn the story, they were thrown down from the mountain. But that's not what really happened. It's not what really happened. Let's take a look at what the Pesukim say here. Vayifen, Vayered, Moshe Menahar. Moshe got turned to go down from the mountain. Ushnei luchos, ho'edus biyado. The two luchos were in 
his one hand. He was holding the two luchos biyado. They were both in one hand like feathers. They didn't weigh at all anything. Okay? Ksuvim written, Mishnei Avrehem, Mizeo Mizeo. There was a very big miracle on the, on the, on the luchos. The luchos, the letters from both sides. The aleph on this side was the aleph when you turned it around. We can't do that. The aleph on this side, it's opposite on the other side. But it was a very big miracle because Hashem wrote it that the letters on the facing you and the letters facing away from you, the letter was exactly the same letter even though it was carved right through the stone. So that's pretty impossible. In fact, some of the miracles was that the letter Samach, right? How did the stone in the middle of the letter Samach stay there where it was supposed to be? It should have fallen out because it was cut around. It's a circle. If you cut a circle into stone, it falls out. So it was a miracle that that also stayed in. So these luchos were written by Hashem and um, they were definitely, definitely miracles. So, they were written inside and outside. And the Torah tells us who made these luchos. They were made by Hashem. And they were written by Hashem. This is what was engraved in the luchos. So the Torah, for some reason, is very, finds it very important to tell all of us that the luchos were written, carved out, and written with Hashem's hand. Yeshua heard some noise coming from the camp. There's a war going on. Moshe said, "No, it's not a war. It's not a weak. It's not a weak cry. It's not a strong cry. It's not a war. What's going on over here?" When Moshe got close to the machne where the eagle, the eagle was an idol, a golden calf. the eagle. He saw the eagle. and the drums. Tambourines. Moshe. Moshe became angry. And the luchos. Is a, it's a funny word. It's, it's like it left. From both his hands. He was holding it only in one hand, ladies. What does it mean that the luchos left from both his hands and they fell to the bottom of the mountain and they broke? What's going on over here? So he says, very beautiful. He says, what happened was like this. When the luchos were written, they were combined with the stone when, when ruchnius, spirituality, and the physical body are combined, they become one. Spirituality is light. And therefore, the luchos were very light. And he had no problem, Nechama, holding it with one hand. It was very, very light. Says Chazal that the minute Moshe Rabbeinu came into proximity of the Tumah of the Avodah Zarah, Parcha, the letters, flew off the Luchos into the air. Once the letters that Hashem wrote on the Luchos flew into the air, the Luchos became so heavy Tons. They weighed tons. They were made out of pure, pure blue sapphire. They became so heavy that he couldn't hold them anymore and he dropped them. And they broke. So what we see from here is that as long as the letters that Hashem wrote on the luchos were connected to the luchos, the luchos were light. The minute they were separated from the luchos, they were impossible to hold. The question that is brought down in the Chidah and in other Sfarim is where did Moshe Rabbeinu have the nerve to throw these luchos or drop these luchos thinking that they would break? Whatever Hashem creates and whatever Hashem makes can never break. So what was Moshe Rabbeinu thinking by, by letting these luchos go? They can't break because luchos can't break. They're made by Hashem. And the answer is that what Hashem made was a combination of holiness, which is letters, which is spirituality, together with a goof, together with the body. Those two, when they're combined, cannot be broken. When you separate them, then the body, the luchos itself, can easily be broken. What, what, am, I, what am I getting at? What am I saying? 
So the Yalka Shimoni says, it's the same thing when a person, every girl in this room and everybody who's watching this year, when we come to this world, Hashem creates a luchos. He takes letters, he takes in a shama, and he puts it in a body. And when he does that, you're very light. Children are very light. They're, they're happy most of the time. They're not, you're not going to find a toddler who's depressed. They might be giving you agita, but they're not sitting there depressed. So when a person is created, he's created a, a, a physical body connected to his chayrus, as, as the Mishnah Pekiyavo says, don't call it charus, don't call it inscribed, el it's freedom. Torah, mitzvah, spirituality, holiness, brings freedom to a person. So what happened when the letters left? The luchos became heavy. If you ask someone who's depressed, describe depression. They'll tell you, there's a certain heaviness. I, I can't get up. I can't, I can't do what I need to do. I can't open my eyes. I can't go on with life. I feel like I'm under a million pounds of pressure. That's exactly what happened, girls, to the luchos. When the spirituality of the luchos was separated from the physicality of the luchos. So if you want to know why the world is suffering from depression, it's because we are separating ourselves more and more from those letters. And as we separate ourselves from the spirituality, life becomes very heavy, like the luchos. And once you're separated from the spirituality, your spirit can be broken, just like the luchos were broken. And I think that's the whole secret. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about the whole world. When I was growing up on the worst television show or the worst movie, today would be a cartoon. The worst song, if it had the word Gehenna translated into English, there was a, a group, I remember when I was growing up, it was called, a, it was, it was called Meatloaf, that's what they were called. I don't know if it was Kosher Meatloaf or Trefer Meatloaf, whatever. They were named Meatloaf. And they, their, their, their first album was called A Bat Out of Gehenna. Okay, you all know the English word for Gehenna. You know where the fire is like? Okay. The prefix to the word hello? Okay. <laughs> it came out, and they took it off out of all the record stores because it had the word Gehenna in English. You hear? It had that word in English. They took it off. You can't sell it in your record store. So I'm talking about Goyim, not us. So the world was so much cleaner. It was a much cleaner world when I was growing up. You could go down an avenue and, and there was nothing on a bus stop. They would, they would, they would, they would throw the bus in. I don't know where. If some, if, you weren't allowed to do this stuff. It wasn't accepted. It was wrong. So it was a cleaner world. So the luchos, the human being, the human, all of us, were connected to spirituality on a much higher level than today. Today we're separated. All they want to do is separate us from Hashem and separate us from holiness. And the more the generation gets separated, I'm not talking Jews, I'm talking the whole world. The more we get separated and the more homosexuality is allowed and voted for in the United States of America and on campuses, and they have their own Ferrari houses. Chas v'shalom, they were all in the closet when I was growing up. <laughs> Today, it's out in the open. It's a te'evas Hashem. No matter how you want to look at it, you want to feel sorry, not feel sorry, that's up to you. It's a te'evas Hashem. It's the tumah that destroyed the world. So the world is steeped in this tumah. So because the world is steeped in this tumah, the letters of this world are flying up to the Shemayim. So everybody who's walking in this world feels a, feels a weight, a heavy weight, a darkness, which we call depression. Now, I'm not telling you that you don't need to go to a therapist if you're depressed. You do. I'm not telling you that you don't need to take medicine if you're depressed. You do. 
don't stop taking medicine because of this year. <laughs> but you also need to know that maybe down the line, if you connect to God and you connect to spirituality, that weight that you feel, that darkness, that depressive state that you're in, is going to start to lighten up. You're going to start putting the letters that are cheris, that are engraved in your soul, is going to bring you, the chorus, the engravement of, in your soul, is going to bring you your cheris, your freedom. You're going to feel light. You're going to feel happy. You're going to walk into a room smiling. You're going to think you're crazy. Right? Well, see, why are you always on a high? I don't do drugs. And I don't take medicine. And I don't go to therapy. I'm on a high because I'm connected to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, And my soul, I hope, I keep writing every day more letters on that, on that, on that luchos, and therefore they're not so heavy and they're not breakable. The Jews in the Holocaust were not breakable because even in the worst of times, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad was tied on to their souls. Now I'm going to tell you something. The basis of all rehabs, 60,000, 80,000, 120,000, Utah, out in the aisle, who knows where, they have all these, all these places, the basis of their therapy is the 12 steps. The basis of AA is 12 steps. The, the whole therapeutic world is based on 12 steps. 12 steps is based on being connected to the one power. Now, they won't call him Hashem because then you can't be open to everybody. So it's called the one power. So if you're a Buddhist, it's the fat man. If you're a Hindu, it's the cow. If you're a Christian, it's whatever it is. Depending on what religion you are, that's, that's who the the one power is. So I had this lady this week came to speak to me and she was she, she came to me very excited about something and the minute she met me and whatever I told her something and not knowing what she wanted she said oh my gosh if that's the case then my whole idea is not going to work and the whole thing is and, 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 and it's, it's, it's what a disappointment. I said are you very depressed? Are you very upset about this? And she said no. I said why not? She said, because that must be what God wanted, that I should travel all the way here to find out that what I want to do can't be done. And that must be what God wants, and whatever God wants, that's what happens. And I accept what God wants, and I'm like, whoa, what Bishakov did you go to? <laughs> I don't need to speak there. And this woman says to me, oh no, oh no. It has nothing to do with where I went. I'm, I'm, I'm in AA. I'm a 12-stepper. I go three times a week. So that's where I got it from. I said, that's where you got it from? From AA in a church? You have to hear some guy get up and tell you that there's one power? You're from lady. Open up a mikhtab aliyahu. There's a million svarim. You've got to go to AA to hear a guy get up and tell you there's one power? We need that therapy? We need to hear from the Goyim that there's one power? That's the therapy that we need to leave 12 steps? We have 10 commandments. We don't need 12 steps. We have an escalator. You get on, you tie yourself in, and it takes you where you need to be. No, everyone's running. 12 steps. We have 60 grand, 90 grand, 120 grand. Go sit and learn. Get close to Kush Baruch Hu, do mitzvahs, do chesed, write letters on your soul, write letters on your luchos. You'll be able to hold it in one hand. Don't write, don't write letters on your luchos, on your soul. Don't write this chaf beis, oisiyos of the aleph beis, the 22 letters, and you won't be able to hold it in two hands. Because it's going to just be too heavy life. 80% of people that go, no, sorry, 90% of people that go to rehab, relapse. 80% in the best rehab in LA, forgot what it's called, the famous one for drinkers that all the actors go to, the Betty Ford Clinic, the, wherever it is, the Betty Ford Clinic, the most famous clinic, they're big shots. Only 80% relapse. Not a bad business, huh? 80% relapse means they're coming back. Why? Why 80% relapse? Why 90% relapse? Because they're following a way 
they're learning about a greater power, but in AA and in the 12 steps, there are no mitzvahs. The 613 mitzvahs girls is a way for a Jew to tie into HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So to tell me that there's one power is not enough. You've got to be tied into the one power. And the way Jews get tied into the one power is by Tyre and Mitzvahs. Oh, he's an old-fashioned rabbi. It's Rabbi Wallstein. He doesn't understand. I understand what 80% and 90% failure means. I'm very clear on what it means. As a Jew, we don't accept 90% failure. In baseball, it's great. One out of three, you're in the Hall of Fame. Your average is 333. <laughs> you're the best player that ever happened. That's baseball. It's not life. So I learned the Medrash, and I learned the Chidah, and I learned the Yalkut, and they're all screaming the same thing. Take the letters off the Luchas, they're broken. You can't carry yourself. You can't carry yourself through the heaviness of life if you're not connected to your neshama. And that's what happens here. And the question is, though, that it also says, in a different medrash, that Moshe Rabbeinu threw them down, because he didn't want to deliver it, because if he would have delivered it, they were called the Eidus, it would have been a marriage, and the Jews would have been killed. So according to that, they didn't get too heavy, he threw them down. In fact, I told you that the last Pasuk in B'zayis HaBracha, at the end of the whole Torah, Hashem says, Yishkoyach. Thank you for breaking the Luchos. You saved Klai Yisrael. So the question is, make up your mind. Did he throw them down, or were they too heavy? And the answer is, maybe they can answer to this question. The answer is, Moshe Rabbeinu had a huge problem. He came down the mountain, and he saw the Egel, and he felt the Tumah. And now he needed to break the Luchos. But the luchos are not breakable. They were written by Hashem. They were made by Hashem. It's unbreakable. So he, he, he's not going to be able to save the Jews. Because he can't break them. And if he can't break them, there's a very deep medrash. The medrash says that the luchos were the shtak suva. When a man gives a suva to a woman, so Hashem had this star. And as long as he had this star, right, he could prosecute us. But he can't prosecute us if he doesn't have the deed. And the deed was the luchos. So Moshe Rabbeinu was in, a, was in a pickle. He had to break the luchos, but the luchos are not breakable. What happened? He gets to the point in the mountain where he sees the egel. The letters fly off the luchos. And he says, aha, now I can break them. Because without the letters, the luchos are just a piece of sapphire. As hard as sapphire is, it can break. So, it's late because I started very late. The, the point that Rabbi Wallstein is trying to make tonight is that by no choice of yours is the world immoral. I'm the girls in this room and the girls and everyone that's watching of all the nations in the world, we're the most moral. And, the, and that, that the world is depressed and there's so much mental sickness in the world is because the Kedusha in the world, there's very little left. And therefore... As the letters leave the luchos, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier till nobody can handle it anymore. And you can have iPods and iPads and, and you can have 9,000 friends on Facebook. You know, I had two friends and I wasn't depressed. And you have girls who have 900 friends and they're depressed. <laughs> 900 friends, that's amazing. You're the most popular person in the whole world. Who had 900 friends since the world was created? <laughs> Noach didn't have 900 friends. Moshe didn't have 900 friends. I didn't have... Nancy, you have 900 friends? You have 900 friends? But not 900. Uh-huh. 900 friends, and you're depressed. Talking on a... I didn't bring it tonight. The time, again, I love it, because the Goyim keep writing about it. Seven hours average are the uh, non-Jewish kids in the world. Kids in the world, in America, seven hours average, they're on their uh, electronic gadgets, whatever that is, whether it's Facebook or Internet or whatever it is. Seven hours a day. That's crazy. And they're depressed. They're not happy. Oops. They're not happy. Why aren't they happy? Because they're disconnected from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why they're not happy. So for us living in this world, in order to get out of our depression and our sadness and that weight that's on your shoulders, as hard as it is, girls, you have to get more spiritual. 
you have to start writing on your beautiful soul that Hashem gave you the beautiful letters that Hashem gave you and I'll tell you a secret when a person does a mitzvah and when a person wants to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he writes those letters in your soul he holds your hand as we know if you look in the beginning of Bereshis it says Hashem created us with his hands and he put in us his soul so it's exactly like it says in the Luchos. The Luchos says, Hashem created the Luchos with His hands, and He engraved the Luchos with His hands. You know when the Luchos were created? The Luchos was created Erev Shabbos, Ben Hashmashes. After the sun set, Erev Shabbos. When was the human created? Erev Shabbos in the morning. We were the first Luchos created. Hashem took a human, a body, and He carved into that body a soul he brought a soul into that body and every one of our souls has chaf beis oisies 22 oisies of the aleph beis and every day we mix those oisies to spell different things chas nega which is a disease is also oneg the letters are there if it's a nun gimel ayin or an ayin nun gimel depends on where you are where you're at but the 22 letters are always in your soul and they're always flying around and they make many different words according to what's going on with you so, the letter that I want to read to end the shir, it's a short shir, but you know what? There's not a lot to talk about on this subject. It's a very straight, clear subject. It's not a maybe. I have no suffolk. You know, I don't know if I got up in college and I spoke about this to the non-Jewish people, if, it, if they would agree or not agree, but maybe they would because of the whole basis of therapy, of AA and GA and all the A's and NA and narcotics and all this stuff, all of it is based on the 12 steps. And the 12 steps are based on connecting to the one power. So their own Bible of therapy, of fixing depression and alcoholism and narcotics and whatever else you're, you're, you're addicted to is through connecting to Hashem. So we, who are the bearers of the Torah, where they got it from, we have to run there. We have to run there. The milk, the, 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 the farmer who has the cow has to go to the grocery store to buy the milk? What a silly farmer. The cow is on your farm. Go milk the cow. Why do you have to go buy the milk and then look at the date? Maybe it's old, maybe it's not old. You got the cow! We got the cow. Why are we running everywhere else? We have the cow. I think Jewish therapists, every Jewish therapist, before you give them a degree, should, have, should learn the, through the whole Mechtev and all the others for him. Guess what? You learn all this from the Chafetz Chaim. Ha ha ha. You'll be the best therapist that ever happened in this world. Yes, you have to go to college. Yes, you have to get a degree because you're not going to get a job walking in, you know, to the clinic saying, Hi, so let me see your credentials. I know Mechtev back and forth. They're like, okay, we have a therapist for you. We'll set you up. <laughs> but honestly and truthfully, we, we have the cow. We, we, have, we have what it takes. Why are we running everywhere else? Yes, you need, to, you need to get your degree and get your master's. I'm not telling you not to. But, but take out Svarim. Read the, read the real word, not stuff that was written by some drunk Meshuggah named Freud. Who, if you met, I promise you, no one in this room would have married him or dated him. That's for sure. Amushchis. Amushchis. When you have tzaddikim and gedolim that wrote Sforim, take out a book on Rapam. Read the book on Rapam's life. Read the book on Moshe Feinstein's life. Read the book on Rav Aye Levine's life. Believe me, it's a lot better than any textbook that you can read. Now, you have to read that textbook. Fine, read it. Don't believe it. No, don't make it your God. No, I'm seriously. You have to read it. You have to learn it. You don't have to believe it. It's a I don't have to believe it. You have to learn it. This is what you have to believe. And this we have a problem. How do I know it's true? How do I know what Freud wrote is true? How do I know anything is true? Tyra has a big problem. This lady comes to me. God? It's, everything is God. How do you know from lady? Twelve steps. I wanted to hit her over the head with her pocketbook. Twelve steps? You're a from lady, and that's where you found out that Hashem Echad Shmochad, don't you say Shema every day? Twelve steps taught you this? That's how lost we are. We're so lost. We're the farmer, we have it. The Torah, we have it. 
It's written in our souls. We don't got to go out anywhere else. We have it. And we don't want to be connected to it. And then we don't understand, why am I depressed? Why don't I want to wake up? You know why? Because your body, disconnected from your soul, is so heavy. I was there when my father's neshama left him. My father died. I was there at his bedside. I saw him a second before he died, and I saw him a second after he died. You know what the Nechama, people ask me, like, how did you deal with that? You know, to watch your own father. I was there, I took off his tefillin, and he died in my hands. In my hands. Trauma? Don't you, isn't, a trauma? I wasn't that tra- traumatic. My, my relationship with my father was inseparable. And here he died in your hands. Oh my gosh, Wallstein, how do you deal with it? You know how I deal with it? When my father died, and I looked at him, it wasn't him anymore. Mamish, you should never see someone die. It wasn't him. He was gone. I was looking at a piece of clay. What my father used to look like. But I saw there was no light. There was no soul. There was no lightness of the human being. It was just a heavy piece of clay in that bed. And I said, I'm not, I'm not upset. He, he, that's not him. So he, they put that in the ground. That's not him. My father is not going into the ground. My father was not in the ground. My father went to Shemayim. I saw it with my own eyes. He left his body. What was laying there? I didn't know that guy. There was no spirit in it. There was no light. There was nothing. And I'll tell you something weird. In the physical world, a person who weighs 120 pounds, you can carry. The Gemara says, A person who's alive, he carries himself. But a person who's dead and weighs 120 pounds, you can't carry. It's very, very hard. You need other people to help you. It's called dead weight. What do you mean? I don't understand. It's 120 pounds and 120 pounds. Why is this one? It's not, you don't weigh more after you die. You weigh the same. And the answer is that when that neshama leaves, when the letters leave the physical body, the body becomes very heavy. The lightness of a person is his soul. The lightness of a person is the letters in his soul. And if you remove that, you become heavy, fetchy, dark, depressed. So if you want to get out of that depression, you need to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So I would like to read to you this most amazing letter that this girl wrote because I want to show you what a neshama looks like. We're going to see her neshama before it gets involved in all the filth and dirt and before the letters. You know, every time you do an Avera, another letter flies into the air. And that's why when a person sins, he gets a guilty conscience and he feels bad and he gets depressed. What are you getting depressed? You wanted to sin, you had a good time. Why are you getting depressed? And the answer is when you do an Avera, another letter leaves your soul. When that letter leaves your soul, your, your body gets heavier and you get more depressed. And the more Averas you do, the heavier your body gets. And all of a sudden, a person who keeps sinning, he's not having a good time. He now he has to take drugs because he feels so heavy and he feels so much in pain. He feels so depressed. He has to take drugs so he doesn't feel it. It just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And the more you do an Avera, the heavier your, your body becomes. So here's a girl who has no Averas. She's in third grade, who's connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is actually in Cheras. This is an Neshama that's got all 22 letters in the right place that Moshe Rabbeinu could hold in one hand. This Neshama. So I want to read it to you. Chana Daich. Why, um, why did you ask, what did you ask them to write on? To write a composition to thank Hashem. Okay. Dear, I love this, my God and only God. Okay, girls are possessive. <laughs> Dear, my God and only God, I love you. That's it, I could stop right here. How many of us this morning said to Hashem, I love you, like that? I think your words are true. I thank you for giving me my life and movement. And for the chesed that you do for my world. Oh, O-H-H, comma. The things you create that you give us to use in our lives. How you can do anything. I thank you for saving us from Mitzrayim and the nace of Purim and the nace of Hanukkah. Third grader. I can cherish, that's her own words. I can cherish and share with my children. How we can teach the world that Jews really, underlined, can do. How big of a difference Jews make and how Goyim can be just like us. From Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim to creating me, thank you for everything. Thank you for my parents and the life I need. I'm even grateful for all the tests that I get. You may not see it, but inside, I'm grateful when I'm hurt. You hear this? You, this is from a third grader. You may not see it, but inside, I'm grateful when I'm hurt. Because I know it's all for the best. Thank you for my gift, my talent, 
and wisdom and understanding. Again, I thank you for everything. I thank you for health and the neshama for making me Jewish and from. Thank you, love, your princess, Hannah. Third grader, nine? Nine. So, your homework tonight <laughs> is to become Hashem's princess again. And that you can write your own letter in your own soul. And it doesn't have to be your princess Hannah, whatever your name is, your princess Miriam, your princess Avivit, your princess Nechama. Our job is to get back. Because once upon a time, on all our souls, ladies, on all our luchas that Hashem created with Himself, once upon a time, it was full of all this love and full of all these beautiful words written on our souls. And the only reason that we feel depressed ever and that we feel heavy is because so many of those letters we've lost. So I'm going to tell you an ending the Chidaz the Chidah's yard site was today. I speak from him a lot. And, he, and I want to end with this thought. So it says that Moshe came down and he saw two things. The Egel and the Mochlos. The Mochlos were the tambourines, the drums. Question. Number one, and then he broke the Luchos. The Luchos were broken. Number one, I understand when he saw the Egel, this idol, the golden calf, he broke the Luchos. It bothered him that there were drums there? And we know there were not only drums, there were flutes and harps and trumpets. So why does it say, it's beautiful, unbelievable. Why does it say that when he saw the Egel, that wasn't enough to break, he wasn't going to break it just by seeing the Egel. When he saw the Meichlois, that's when he broke it. Why did he say when he saw the trumpets, there were other instruments. So Meichlois is a drum. But the word Meichlois in Hebrew, Membav Ches Lamed Vavtav, Spells also the word mochal, to forgive. Moshe Rabbeinu saw the Egel. And he took for a sign that the first instrument that he saw was spelled Meichleis. And he, un- he understood that God will forgive the Jews. And therefore, when he understood that God would forgive the Jews, he understood that God will give another luchos. This luchos has to be broken for, for this luchos was a luchos written for the marriage of Klai Yisrael. And he had to break that as the Edus. But if he broke it and we would never be forgiven, then there would never be luchos anymore. So when he saw Mochlos, he said, Hashem is showing me a sign that he's going to be Mochlos. And they will be a second set of luchos. Pasha's Kisisa is a very sad Pasha. The luchos were broken. But Pasha's Kisisa is a very happy Pasha. Because we got a second chance and we got a second set of luchos. But Nechama, there was a big difference between the first luchos and the second luchos. The first luchos was caused by God and written by God. The second luchos was caused by the human being, by Moshe Rabbeinu, and written by Moshe Rabbeinu. So it was a very big rabbi who said a very beautiful vart. He said, Look! The ones that were written by God and carved by God didn't make it. They broke. But the ones that are written by the human being have never been broken. You think that what Hashem makes, right, that's L'Oilam. Much bigger than that are the luchos that we make. That every woman, when she lights candles, when she gets dressed, sneers, when she davens to Hashem, she's carving out a luchos. She's carving out the words on the luchos. Those are forever. The one that Hashem gave you a gift you didn't work on, it doesn't work. That's what that boy was saying. You don't work for it, it doesn't last. We didn't work for the first luchos. It was a present. Hashem made it for us. We didn't work for it. Broken. Second luchos, that came from us. We begged for forgiveness. We wanted the Torah that came for us. That's forever. And in the Aran HaKodesh, which one day, if we're all going to see in the Beis HaMidosh, in the Kodesh Kedoshim, the broken luchos that Hashem made, and the other two luchos that the human, be- that the human being made, laid together, laid together. 
in the Beis Hamidish, they lay together. And they asked the question, why put the broken luchos in there? The broken luchos is a memory of a terrible thing. What's the Kaddish Kedashim? It's the Holy of Holies, right? You weren't allowed to walk in there with gold, right? You, the Kayan on Yom Kippur wasn't allowed to wear gold. Why? Because they would remind Hashem of the Egel. It's a fascinating question. And I never spoke about this. It's amazing. It's a beautiful... It's by Chesidah Shereba said this. It's beautiful. So he asked the question. He said, I don't understand. The Kohen Gadol is not allowed to walk into the Kaddish Kedashim, the Holy of Holies, on Yom Kippur with gold, with a, with a, with a gold band, with a gold watch. Why? Because it's going to remind Hashem of the golden calf. But in the base Hamidosh, in the Kaddish Kedashim, in the Arna Kaddish, are the broken luchos. What would remind Hashem more of the Egel than the broken luchos? So what kind of nonsense is that? You're worried about the coin walking in? The broken luchos that were broken because of the Egel is in the center of the room. Why are they in the Arna Kodesh? Huh? That's a question. Shira, that's a question. What a bomb question. It's a bomb question. You go home and ask somebody. I don't understand. You weren't allowed to remind Hashem of the Egel. You weren't allowed to bring gold into the Kodesh Kodeshim. And in the Arna Kodesh where Hashem rested on the Kruvim was the broken luchos screaming, Hey, I'm broken. You know why? The Jews. They should have taken those luchos and hit them at the bottom of the mountain, never to be seen again. Imagine, you, you send, you, you know, a guy sends to his wife, I said this last night, uh, a $50,000 glass vase for their anniversary, and in it a bunch of roses, one of these most gorgeous crystal antique vases. He goes to Manhattan, he spends 50 grand, and he puts these beautiful flowers in it, and he sends it to his wife for the anniversary. Right? And the shliach, the guy who brings the, the vase and the flowers, knocks on the door, the door is open, he doesn't hear anybody, he walks in, and the wife of this guy who sent the, the present is in that room doing the worst sin with another guy. So this guy goes ahead, and he takes the vase, he's so disgusted, after his boss went out and bought this, right, and look what his wife is doing, he takes the vase and he smashes it into a hundred pieces. First of all, that was one of the questions that was asked. So when he comes back and he tells his master what happened, the master says, Sugar, who talk? So she was messing around, whatever it is. Bring me back the vase. I'll get the vase and I'll marry someone else. Get... Why did you break the vase? They didn't tell you to break the vase. So, so the Yalkut Shimoni asked, where did Moshe Rabbein have the chutzpah? When he saw the Egel, he should have brought it back to Hashem and said, they don't deserve it, take it back. Who gave him permission to break it? So the answer is, he didn't break it. It got so heavy, he couldn't, ha- he couldn't handle it anymore. That's the answer to the Yalkut But the question is, could you imagine, girls, could you imagine on the next anniversary, you know, they went to therapy and everything went good and now they're married and the other guy's out of the picture and they're all happy and lovey-dovey and everything else and it comes to anniversary day and the husband comes to the house to bring an anniversary and he has a dozen roses and the dozen roses, what are the dozen roses in? A hundred pieces of the beautiful vase that was smashed last year. What, are you crazy? You're bringing that to your anniversary, reminding her of what she did last year? The last thing, get rid of that. That's, that's, that's the remembrance of what we did. So over here, in the Kodesh Kedashim is the broken Luchas. So you know what the Rebbe said? You know what the Rebbe said? Two reasons the Luchas were in there. One, to teach every Jew that's broken that you have another chance. So the broken Luchas are laying next to the whole Luchas. Don't give up because you're broken. Don't ever give up because you're broken, he said. You're laying always right next to the next set of luchos. Get yourself up. Do what you got to do. And you'll become a new perfect set of luchos that you made, which lasts forever. But he said something else also very beautiful. He says, you're right. It should not be in the Kurdish Kedoshim, in Hashem's face. Hashem said, Hashem told us that he wants the luchos in there. Why? To tell every Jew that the broken Jew will always be as close to him as the perfect Jew. And therefore, in the Kaddish Kedashim, there's no difference between the luchos that are broken and the luchos that are broken. Hashem said, I am just as close to the broken one as I am to the full one. If you're a Bas Yisrael, if you're a Jew, and you're connected, there's no D word. There's no depression. There isn't. There's just a chess word 
which is chayrath, which is freedom. You're free. You're light. You're happy. You can carry yourself because you're connected to your spirituality. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu look upon the broken luchos of Klai Yisrael and the whole luchos of Klai Yisrael and bring them all back together. And it's Kodesh Kedoshim in the base Hamigdash You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.